Welcome to Life Church Podcasts. We know you'll be blessed by this message. So, I was thinking now that my mum and dad are away, I should be able to tell lots of tales about my dad, all the times he's picked on me, (laughs) except my brother and sister are here somewhere so they can report back, and it's like recorded. So, no, my mum and dad are awesome. Everything you think you know about them is true. They are awesome people. And they've only had one argument. And the one argument they had was not very severe, but I was about eight years old and I thought they were getting divorced because they'd fought once. <laughs> so that's a pretty good childhood, okay? No, it's, it's wonderful to, to be speaking today. And um, I don't know if God, has he ever given you just like one scripture? I knew I had to speak this morning and I thought, okay, God, just... I want to say what you want to say, so here, you know, I'm, I'm ready. And he gave me one scripture. And he gave me one scripture for like three days. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what, what do I need to say out of this today? And um, he eventually showed me just so much out of this one scripture. And it is John 10, verse 10. So you can turn there if you like. You definitely know, this is sort of following on what my dad preached about last week, actually, about... A bit about the devil, a bit of a twist on that. And the scripture says the thief comes only to steal, remember these three things, steal and kill and destroy. I have come, this is Jesus speaking, I have come that they may have, what is it, life and life to the full or in some translations life more abundantly. So here we have like a juxtaposition of God's purpose for us, which is life, and then we have the enemy's plans for us, which are what? Destruction and death. So it's quite quite a clear distinction. So to me, this means there are two ways we can live, even as a Christian, okay? So if you know Jesus this morning, this is applying to you. If if you don't know Jesus, if you haven't accepted him as your Lord and Saviour, you need to do that today. Like, you don't delay on that because then all these things I'm preaching about will apply to you too, okay? And we want that. So we can either live a life of limitations or a life overflowing with God's purpose. And I was thinking, okay, well, what's... Why did you give me this verse? And by Wednesday, I went for a drive to Wangaratta. I thought, okay, I'm getting out of here. I'm going for a drive. Had to do some things. So I'm driving along and just kept thinking about this scripture... I'm thinking, okay, what is the difference? What's going on here? And I don't know if you know the first set of lights you come to in Wangaratta. Um, I'm originally from Wodonga up till 10 years ago, so I'm still a bit useless with Wangaratta and Banala, but I don't know, is there a pool there or something? You guys are Wangaratta-ites, you know the place. All right, so it's got that weird intersection. And I drive up to it and I look straight ahead, all of a sudden... I could see this giant word straight ahead of me and it just said choice. Yeah? And so let me explain. Choice is Agenbach. I should get money for that plug. Agenbach's flooring. Cha-ching. Thank you. <laughs> Love Chris, he's awesome. Um, Agenbach's flooring is straight ahead there and it's called choices. For some reason, the big white letters, the S was sort of, the, the white S was missing. So all I could see is choice. <laughs> Sitting there going, choice, boom! It got it just hit me. I'm like, that's what he's saying. 
we have the power to choose. We have the power to choose life or death. Now, it seems really obvious, but it just hit me like a ton of bricks. You can live your whole Christian life and not be in God's perfect purpose for you. You can just be... Everything that comes against you is to hit you, hit you, hit you, and the devil, oh, they're going to hit you in the head. Who's ever been like that? Yes, I've had a few years like that, a few decades like that. Or we can be living in abundance beyond in perfect purpose of what God wants us to do, but it's our choice. So I've had to go to a few psychologists and psychiatrists because I've, I've had clinical depression for a long time, and I got sick of going because all they'd say is, okay, so how was your childhood? Oh, no wonder you messed up. Oh, my goodness, they did what? And I'm like, you're making me feel worse. I'm going. Okay, because I have a choice whether I live in what has happened to me, some of it wasn't too good, or I have the choice to believe what God is saying to me right now. Okay, I have that. So don't forget, drive to Wangaratta this week. I hope they haven't fixed it. And look at that big word, okay? Take a picture of it. All right, so I believe there are three areas in which Satan attacks, and at the same time, God wants us to live in abundance in these areas, okay? So the first point is identity. This is the who. So when we are born again, we receive his spirit. Okay, we have the spirit of Christ. We are transformed. So if you look through your Bible, every promise is yours. You're forgiven. We're no longer slaves to sin, which is one of my favourite songs. I'm no longer a slave. That, that is like bondage, okay? But we can still be a Christian and be in bondage. But he's saying, no, you are no longer a slave to sin. So true identity is knowing that we are loved and we are good enough because we are his children. And I love this um, scripture, Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 5. And it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, you can underline that, in love he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Okay, so we are adopted into his family. Romans 8, verses 14 to 15, and I just love these verses. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so you live in, and this is our other word today, fear. Okay, I've got two words today, love, fear. Write them on your forehead, all right? So, rather the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. And I'm sure you've heard before, my dad's probably preached on this, the word Abba is their word for daddy. Um, so obviously in that Greek word, Abba. So when I hear that, I just, I had, I had an experience last Sunday. I had to drive down to Melbourne Airport to pick up Matt, who had, my husband, who had been in Adelaide working. So I'm heading down the Tullamarine with three kids in the back. Oh, if you want to know you're alive, do that. Woo! I tell you what, I, went, I got lost at the airport and I was trying to just, just trying to be calm. I'm saying to Ben, where are we going? He's 12. He said, I don't know. I said, we'll just keep driving. So we just kept driving until we found a car park. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But I was freaking out. So we finally were waiting there, waiting there. There's people everywhere. I'm thinking, he's surely here somewhere, looking around, looking around. The kids are waiting to see him. And all of a sudden, 
Through the airport, I see high vis. Thank you, Lord, for high vis. You know, high vis, you know, glowing, glowing. I see this man walking toward a fine specimen of a man. I think, surely that's my husband. He's good looking. He's taken. Right. So, and my kids, it was gorgeous, especially little Ava, who's six. She sees him and she goes, Daddy! It's so embarrassing. Daddy, 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 daddy! All through the airport. Everyone's like, oh, that's so cute. I thought that was cute, but I thought the best thing was Matt's face. His face was like, oh, a million bucks. And then the moments you love being a parent when your kids actually want to see you, isn't it great? Apparently when they get over the age of 13, I don't know if that still happens. Does it happen anymore? Hopefully. But no, his face was like a million bucks. And I thought, isn't that what our father's face in heaven's like when we worship? And we say, daddy, daddy. And he goes, yeah, he loves on us. That's why he loves us to worship him. And he loves being our daddy. So we have two reactions in every situation. We have love or fear. So sometimes we think that the opposite of love is hate. But I've heard Pastor Bill Johnson speak on this, and I believe it's fear. So that is the opposite. So you have two reactions in every situation, in relationships, in, with God. You can either fear God in a bad way, he's going to hit me with a stick, or react with love. So when you don't know God has a good purpose, and you've sinned, you think, he's going to hit me. But no, when you know God is love, you react in love. So we can go through any situation when we know we're loved, our identity can be that we know God is looking after us. So even when something bad happens, and we've had this a couple of times, we had some people we love die in accidents. People that love Jesus die in accidents that were preventable. And I'm just thinking, whoa. So I've had people react in those situations by saying, well, blow you, God. So that's fear. That's, I don't think you really love me. Why would you let that happen? I'm going to push you away. Or you react in love, which is, I don't know why that happened, but I know you love me. And so I'm going to react in love and say, I just, I'm going to trust you. Okay, so there's two reactions when stuff happens. Okay, so Satan wants us to blame God. He wants to steal from us. And so that is the thing. He wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to steal. He wants to take what is not his. So he doesn't want us to know who we are. Because if we know who we are in Christ, we're pretty formidable. Yeah, we're pretty unstoppable if we have the spirit of God living out in us. He's running scared, okay? We need to know that. We need to know that in our heart this morning. So I believe, though, at a young age, he begins to introduce lies to take that identity away. He can do that from a very young age. And I don't think the devil's very creative. I think he's pretty stupid. He's not creative at all. So he, generally, if you look back through your life, you'll see the same pattern, the same lie, the same method throughout your life. I heard that, I'd heard someone preach that. Pastor Rick Renner, I'm sure he preached something like that. And I started to look back through my life and I went, oh, wow. I can see an absolute pattern of the same lies. And he reinforces it and he reinforces it until we don't even know the difference of it. We just think it's true. But it's actually a lie. So can you identify... This afternoon, that's your homework, okay, is to just pray and just ask God, are there been lies that the devil has planted in my life that I've believed that aren't true, that are keeping me from your love? My testimony of that is from a very young age, I obviously had great mum and dad, great family, but as soon as I went out the front door, school, 
you know, kids at school, it was quite brutal. I was just picked on and just made to feel that I'm a bit weird and I don't fit in. I mean, I am a little bit of a creative type. I'm, I'm a little bit out there. <laughs> but the devil, he just wanted to, it's like he wanted to separate me and say, you don't fit in. You don't fit in. You're not quite the same. So kids at school, I'd wander around my own. I, I, isn't it incredible how you can, I can remember things that were said, I can, I can remember the actual words. I can't remember good things that were said to me. But through my life, I can, I can picture their face and I can picture what they said. That's how powerful that lie can be. I believed it was because I was ugly. I had a um, bit more of a rounded nose when I was a kid. I hated my nose. I, I just, I thought, I'm ugly and that's why I don't fit in. Okay, so I went through my childhood and I, the kids would call me names. They called me Pinocchio. I remember being on the school bus as a teenager and having about five kids over the seat saying, Pinocchio, you're so ugly, you're so ugly. <laughs> and people say, why do you think you're ugly? Well, and I think to myself, because I was told that and I believed it, okay? Um, it got worse and worse, really. Like, I remember meeting, when we were, started dating and a guy met me and Matt and said, oh, you guys belong together, you've got the same kind of nose. He went on to be a pastor. You punched? Did you punch him? No, don't punch him. <laughs> I'm not naming names. But I thought it's because I'm ugly. And, that, and it's just, the devil just reinforced it. I'm not going to say other examples because it's quite painful to mention. Um, and just that I didn't fit in. I was just different. I remember being pulled into the pastor's office. I'd had a bit of a falling out with one of the girls there. I remember him saying to me, um, if you were just a bit more like her, you'd probably fit in. If you could just be a bit more nice like her, you, you get along better. So then I'm thinking, okay, I'm not good enough. I'm, and she was quite a beautiful girl. I'm thinking, that's why I can't ever look like that. I can't ever be like that. I'm trying so hard to fit in. I'm trying to do everything everyone wants me to do. I'm trying to come to church and be good and do what I'm told. It just was never enough. So in my early 20s, I ended up with um, clinical depression that um, I was told, don't go on medication because that's not what Christians are going on medication. So I ended up in this terrible... <laughs> state, <laughs> it wasn't until I had our son Benjamin 12 years ago that I ended up on some medication and got some help. But in that time, I still had that voice saying, no matter what you do, you're not going to be good enough. So when I was 27, I decided to have rhinoplasty. I had my nose operated on. I had the shape of my nose changed. I thought, this will make me happy because this will make me beautiful because everyone knows you need a ski jump nose to be accepted. Is that right? I know it sounds silly, but I, I was reinforced in that. So I had my nose changed. I went through a horrible time with that. Got to the end of it, looked in the mirror, and do you know what I heard in my head? You're still ugly. You're still ugly. Now, I didn't say that to myself. I just felt like something told me that. And I have to, I, I've had eating disorders. I've had the whole thing just with trying to be accepted and trying to know who I am by being beautiful. And that is such... Who believes that's a lie? Like, isn't that just how many girls are out there now being told you're ugly and you're no good because you're not beautiful? And that is just one example in my life. There's a couple of other ways he's tried to attack me. But that is such a lie. And it was reinforced by people I trusted. Friends, pastors, youth leaders, people that just drop a comment to me which reinforce that. Now, I don't know what lies you've been told, but our attack against our identity is often through our ears. It's what we're told, what we hear about ourselves. We're craving that acceptance, that small voice. It's not our voice. 
It's Satan trying to steal from us. Okay, and we have a choice whether to believe what, the God, what God says about us, what his word says, or, and refute it with the word of God. So when I hear those thoughts now, I still have to have the cho- say the choice. What is it here? 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5. We demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. I wrote here, laminate this on your forehead, put this on your head and look in the mirror every day. And I have to make a choice now when I start thinking, I've put on two kilos. I'm no good. I'm no good. I don't look any good and so therefore I'm no good. I say, no, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully. And my 10-year-old came home crying because kids were calling him horse. It sounds silly, but they were picking on my son. And I'm like... I'm not going to see this happen again to my own beautiful son. I think he's so gorgeous. And how can you dare attack my son, Satan? And I said to him at bedtime, I said, Riley, here's your scripture. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are so beautiful. He has a beautiful spirit. I can see Satan trying to crush that through what children are saying to him already. I'm like, I will not have him go through what I went through. I'm nearly 40 and I'm still battling with this and I don't want my children to battle with it. I want them to have victory. I want them to know the word of God. So now when he prays every night, he says, and God has not given me a spirit of fear, love, power and sound mind, and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And I said, yes, you are. (laughs) He's such a beautiful kid. And we need to be aware of what the devil is trying to do. Our purpose is the why. We are created to worship to live a life as an offering to him. We can only find fulfillment in knowing God and serving him. We are called to be living sacrifices. It says that in Romans 12, verses 1. Living sacrifices, laying our life down for him. So the second part, it says Satan Satan wants to kill, steal, sorry, and then kill. This word kill is the Greek word thio. And part of the meaning of that word is to blow, smoke, rush. It implies killing by sacrifice or like a sacrificial killing, which is interesting that we are called to be living sacrifices. Satan wants to sacrifice us and kill us. It's the opposite. But also that smoke, that word of the smoke coming up from the offering, I believe he wants to distract, to confuse and to cause a smoke screen, smoke screen, sorry, He wants to kill our true purpose, causing us to offer sacrifice to temporary things. He wants us to sacrifice to things that will not last, things of this world, instead of to God. So I believe Satan wants our eyes. In the other one, it was ears. This one, I believe it's eyes. There's so many things vying for our focus, our attention. Even after driving in Melbourne and seeing all the billboards and all the stuff and all just advertising stuff everywhere... We've all got screens glued to our faces 24 hours a day. We want to check our phone, check our iPad. We need to see, we need to see. Magazines, the TV. It's, it's an image. Satan is wanting to get us looking at these images that are not godly. They are not the truth. It is a smoke screen, smoke screen that is trying to distract you from our true purpose. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So we must understand there is more than what we see. There is a spiritual realm. 
So don't be fooled with what you see in the natural, because that's what Satan wants you to do. He just wants you to look at what's in front of you and how you feel right now and what the TV is telling you. You've got to say, have you ever watched anything and got a feeling? Like a, oh, yuck. I watched a TV show this week and it ended with something that was, um, it's a show we really like, we watch all the time. But there were two, two female characters and by the end of it, I'm like, I think they're trying to imply there's a relationship same-sex kind of thing and I could tell but I, there was nothing even done but the way just that they were playing off each other I'm like that makes me feel yuck I'm turning this off it just I could tell that it was overtones of that I'm like Satan and then I felt yuck for about half an hour till I recognized I've been watching something I just got to get that out sorry Lord I just want to get get that out please <laughs> because there's more going on spiritually from these natural things that we take in and sometimes we just take it in without questioning it turn it off <laughs> if it's no good, okay, before you get sucked in, okay? And so sometimes I can find myself getting a little edgy and bored. Who gets a bit like that? You go, uh, uh, maybe I'll eat something, maybe I'll watch something, maybe I'll play with, do a bit of online shopping, a little bit of something. <laughs> Looking at you. <laughs> My sister's like, yes. <laughs> no, we're the same. We go, oh, let's go eBay for a while. I'm feeling bored. And I'm starting to learn that that restlessness I think it's God saying, spend some time with me. These things aren't satisfying. An hour on eBay is going to waste me a lot of money and I'm still going to feel yuck and I'm going to be broke. So my husband goes, amen. Okay, so it's not going to satisfy me. What I need is to get into the word. Turn off that rotten telly. Get a really great message on, on like a podcast or something. Get the word into you and then you go, ah, that feels better. Start to recognise that restless feeling and saying God's wanting to connect with me and you're not going to be able to feel it any other way. Actually, can you guys all turn with me to John 12 and I just want to read a little bit here about a true worshipper. This is Mary anointing Jesus. We're going to go from verse 3. Jesus had come to Bethany, so they were having a dinner in Jesus' honour. So this is John chapter 12. And verse 3, it says, Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and she wiped his feet with her hair. Who thinks that's pretty out there? Even back then, that's pretty out there, isn't it? Wow. And that stuff was like their dowry, wasn't it? Like something that they were meant to have for their wedding. It was very, very special. It was very precious. And she's just extravagantly just poured it out, wiping it, and just loving on him, just loving him. And that was in verse, what did I get to here? I know I'm getting lost. I'm getting so in the moment here. So she poured out her best. She poured it out. And then we see in verse 4 to 6, one of his disciples, interestingly Judas, who would betray him, objected, why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. And then it says he, did, he said this not because he cared but because he was a thief. <laughs> okay? But isn't it always the way that sometimes we want to worship and pour our best out to Jesus? There's always someone going, you're a bit, you're a bit nuts, aren't you? That's a bit, what a waste, you know? Why are you doing that? That's a bit over the top. Maybe no one else has had that. I get accused of being a little bit out there over the top but I really don't care anymore <laughs> because I know that I'm pouring out my best. I'm pouring out my best to him. He wants our all. Now, I'm not just talking about singing in worship. I'm talking about life, okay? 
being extravagant with our giving, being extravagant with loving people. And sometimes people will say, I don't think that's, yeah, that's a bit too much. Well, I don't think that's the case. She was anointing him for burial. Our worship, our intercession, our laying our will at his feet has eternal consequences that we may never know. We may never know what our worship and pouring out our life will be until we get to heaven. <laughs> we may never know. Okay, and so sometimes I can find that I can be a Judas. Sometimes in church if um, things are going a bit long or something's happening or I'm not feeling good in myself, I can start to get a bit, oh, come on. Oh, you're getting too emotional. Do you feel uncomfortable when someone's, it's just me, someone's really emotional and I go, and you can kind of think, oh, get a grip. <laughs> Is that just me? Maybe it's just me, sorry. But sometimes you're going to oh, come on. And they're thinking, no, hang on. If someone's receiving something and they're worshipping and they're screaming at the top of their lungs because that's what God needs them to do to be free, then do it. If you need to run around the church and jump up and, and, and bark like a dog or whatever, whatever God's calling you to do that people think that's really stupid, but if you're in obedience, God's saying, do this in obedience and I'm going to set you free, then do it. Who cares what anyone thinks? See, Mary didn't care what anyone thought. She poured that out. She didn't care. She said, why do we have hair? His smelly feet. I suppose Jesus had smelly feet. He wore sandals. Well, you know what I mean. I don't know if I want to put my hair on someone's feet. I'm not going to do that to you, Greg. I'm not going to put my hair on your feet. You ride bikes and I'm not going near you. And um, you know what I mean? That's just over the top. But we've just got to be careful not to have that heart. Just keep open to what God's doing, even if we don't always think it's God. Just test that. Test that feeling. The last thing is connection. It's the how. We are designed to live in connection with God as in the Garden of Eden. So we live an abundant life by staying connected. We're also called to be connected to other people, which can work hard, I think, actually. <laughs> Satan wants to destroy. So the root word, steal, kill and destroy, that root word for destroy comes from the word apa which is a state of separation, which I thought was really interesting. I thought destroy was just to annihilate and destroy it, but part of that means to separate. Thinking that's how he destroys. He wants to separate. How many marriages are destroyed through separa separation, driving that wedge in there to separate? He wants to do that with our relationship with God. He just wants us to be separate, not to be fully connected. Okay? He wants to destroy our connection with God by attacking our heart, our very worth. He wants us to believe that we are not loved by reminding us of past sin and past failure. So sometimes we can lose that connection with God because we think if you've done something during the week that you really feel, I shouldn't have done that, and you can have condemnation. And Satan loves to say, yeah, yeah. See, he did that to me this week, actually, because I'm preaching. Sometimes we think I need to go away on a mountain. I need to be very spiritual this week. And late, late last night, yeah, you're laughing. He's my brother. He knows what I'm really like. Late last night, I was just getting really grumpy. I just felt myself getting really irritable. I'm like, no, I must be holy. I must preach tomorrow. I'm preaching the word. I'm the preacher. Go to bed. Like, I said, like, go to bed, you children. I love you. I've got to preach the word of God tomorrow. You know, you're being really annoying. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, and the devil's like, yeah, and you're ready to preach, aren't you? Because you're just so holy. <laughs> I'm like, and, and God says to me, no, 
just be obedient. <laughs> I know. I'll say, sorry, God, I'm just, I've just got to preach what you want me to say, say what you want me to say, and I don't need to be condemned. Okay, and that's what Satan wants to do. And Romans 8, 38 to 39 says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. So I think he's trying to cover everything. He thinks he's covered everything there. We'll be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So no matter what Satan says, that if you sin, you, you, know, you can't be connected to God because you've done something wrong. Well, you can say, well, there's neither height nor depth, nor angels nor demons, nor anything can separate me from the love of God. Okay, you get that this morning? Can you get that this morning? Can we get it? <laughs> they take, it's probably going to take me a lifetime to get that because I don't always get it. So just to know that his love, there's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can think. There's nothing, not that we want to sin, but we are human beings and we will fall short. And God is saying, where you fall short, I am more than abundant. <laughs> I've made the way. I am more than what you need today. And Sometimes we think, well, in five years I might be more worthy. No, how you are right now, with your faults right now, it's enough right now. He's enough for you right now, today. Even though, yeah, I eat a bit too much, yeah, I don't exercise enough, yeah, I yell at my kids or whatever I do, and God says, no, I'm enough for you right now. My love is enough, okay? Satan secondly wants to destroy our connection with others. So if we jump back to John chapter 10, in verse 12 of that bit of scripture there, he's talking about being the good shepherd, and it says that Satan wants to scatter the flock. And I think of the flock as the body of believers, and he wants to scatter it, he wants to separate. He wants to get them over there so he can get that one. And why is that? Well, it's a lot easier to go after one, isn't it? He just wants to get people on the outer, feeling like they're not connected, You'll get them out there and he can get them. So it tells me that by all being together, having that connection is what we need to stay safe again and to encourage each other. That's what we need to do. So we, we actually need church. <laughs> we need to be here. I tell you, if I, I actually miss one week of church, I'm like, oh, I miss everyone. I need to get back. <laughs> I need to get back. I need to be here with people that love Jesus. Okay, I need to be in a, in a corporate gathering where I can get to the end of the service and someone says, how was your week? And I go, well, I yelled at my kids last night, didn't I? <laughs> Whatever I did. And they go, that's all right. God's, God forgive you for that. You need that many people in your life, okay? And so I'm just about to finish up. I want to leave you with a bit of a chunk of scripture here. 1 John 4. 1 John 4. I just love... This is the most amazing scripture. <laughs> I'm feeling at the moment that God is really challenging me in love. He's just challenging me on how to love. I feel like some people might find that easier, probably from my past and having a lot of rejection and hurtful things done to me. In Bible college, I was called porcupine um, by my lecturer. <laughs> he said it's because I was prickly bless him. <laughs> I went, oh really? Okay. Sorry for being prickly, but I think um, 
a lot of that is to do with things that have happened in your life and that can be your reaction is, okay, I love Jesus, I love everyone, but I'll love you to hear. I love you to hear. And we can put up walls and, and just say, I, I can't love you anymore. <laughs> Even with our own, in our own marriage or different relationships, we can do that with people that are closest to us. In 1 John 4, it says that God is love. Verse 16, halfway through, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. What a great verse. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. So there we go, that's our love and fear. The perfect love, his perfect love casts out fear. No more fear. Who has issues with fear? I think we're, we're human beings. We have issues with fear. And God is saying, you don't need to live in fear. You need to live in love. So if God can love, then we can love. I see people down the street and they look a bit different. They're covered in tattoos sometimes. They're wearing things I would kind of scare me. They're using language that scares me. And my first reaction is, they smell a bit funny sometimes. Here's, let's get real. Let's get real. Sometimes you want to cross to the other side of the street because you're like, that's... I've never... I've come from a Christian home, so I've, I don't, I'm always aware of that. I go, that's really out there for me. And I'm starting to learn now, I don't want to react in fear. I don't want to react with screwing up my nose. I want to say, Jesus died for that person. Jesus, they don't even know that yet. <laughs> That's my job, is to say, he loved you so much, he died for you. And you are enough. If you come to Jesus, he will forgive every sin, everything you've ever done. And you can be right just the way you are. They don't have to go and get their tats removed and get, get their church clothes on. They can come in here the way they are. But it might be scary for us if they come and sit in our seat or they take our car park or they might steal your handbag. Because people have said to me, oh, can I leave my bag here after church? And I feel like saying, well, maybe at the moment you can, but hopefully in a little bit, no, you can't, because someone might flog your purse. <laughs> Is it okay to say that? Hopefully once they come to know Jesus, they're still not going to be doing that. But do you know what I'm saying? We need people to come in the way they are and, and know Jesus loves them. But it's going to take us to love them. And it's, it can be hard for us to do. The band want to come back. I'm just about finished. I, I know God showed me something about our church not long ago, and it was like God wants it to be a nursery for babies. I just felt like he wants to bring in new babies. <laughs> and babies kind of, who's a mum here knows what babies do to their nappies, and they cry a lot, and they can be, it can be full on. If we want a church here that's full of babies, we've got to get ready for some mess and some commotion, but that's what it's about. We've got to be ready to love and connect. We've got to connect with people that are here that are new. If you've been here a while and you see someone this morning and think, I don't know them, just say day and connect. Have a couple with them, okay? I don't even think I know you all yet, you know? And that's what we need to do. We need to be praying for opportunities and to connect. So in finishing today, life and life more abundantly. I want to give you the meaning of this as I finish. 
The word life is Zoe, which is my daughter's middle name. <laughs> and I picked it deliberately. Life, real and genuine. A life active and vigorous, devoted to God and blessed. That's what he's, he died for you to have. Real, genuine, a life active and vigorous, devoted to God and blessed. I want to live like that. I want to live like that. <laughs> Abundantly means super abundant, something further, more, much more than all, superior, extraordinary, surpassing, more remarkable, more excellent. So he's come to give you a life that is so much more than what you're seeing right now. There is more. And as we get to connect with him and to know his heart and refute what Satan is saying to us, because he's going to keep coming and we need to be able to knock him back with the word and make that choice and say, no, I want life real and genuine and abundant and more so I can reach these people that need Jesus. I want to be able to love like Jesus so I can reach people and connect. I'm going to read this um, doxology for you out of Ephesians as I close. Prayer for the Ephesians. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. For this reason I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth de derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches that may, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high, how deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure with the fullness of God. That is his love. <laughs> Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him, amen, be all glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. We say amen this morning. Amen. I just pray that for you this morning. That, I just felt to read that prayer for you you may have more you may have more more of him more love and to know his love in the name of Jesus Amen You've been listening to Life Church Podcasts For more information head to lifechurchbanella.com.au